Hello and welcome to Auto Talk. I am Clark Price and with me, as always, is automotive journalist, collector, consultant, um, fine artist, Wallace Weiss. And uh, also back from his field assignments, which were exciting and informative, uh, the force behind the Highlander newspaper's fast lane column and also online writing about a variety of cars, including the S2000, Audi, uh, Lexus. Am I missing anything there? Porsches. Porsches, of course. It's Chirag Devay. Let's start off with Wally. What uh, have you been up to? Uh, let's see. Clark and Chirag, I'm basically uh, still an art an art horse now. I'm pushing, okay, pushing okay. My art. Okay, but I think you did something important in the last week. What was that? Are you mystified? I'm mystified. Yeah, you went to the Art Center show, oh, okay. right? Yeah, yeah, that's what we're going to do. Yeah, about. I think yeah. we're going to talk about it. So you and your sidekick, Rick, went to the Art Center show. This show that I was going to go to, and I wasn't uh, able to because I'm a responsible person who takes care of ill family members. So we're going to get into that in a big way. Uh, Shrag, what's been going on with you? Well, Clark, uh, I wanted to go to the Art Center show, too, but... I, too, was a responsible adult and chose to study for midterms instead. Absolutely a, an excellent choice. So uh, we're both uh, like the uh, in the, 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 the story, the children's story. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing my illusion here. Uh, we, we're like the, the industrious ant, while Wally is the grasshopper uh, flitting about and just having fun all the time. So that's... Uh, Maybe a little too simplistic, but let's. Uh, so you were studying. You didn't go to the art center show, no, but did not. you do any automotive stuff in the last two weeks besides this secret assignment re- report you've been working on for Auto Talk, a blockbusting story? I'm sure. Well, this blockbusting story has been occupying quite a bit of time for me, so I haven't gotten to much automotive stuff. Okay, right. I have had the chance to check out a couple of the new uh, late model BMWs. Uh, lately, mm-hmm. quite impressed by the new BMW M5. Ah, ah, okay, all right. Well, maybe we can talk about that at some point. But first, uh, I really need to live through through Wally vicariously here. I need to have you tell me about your day and what you saw at the Art Center last weekend. And this was their uh, celebration of 25 years, is that right? So 70 years. As a, 70 as years. A, I think it's the Trans Design Program is okay. 70 years old, but Miss School might even be... So they've been designing vehicles for quite a long time. Since the 50s. And I'll, I used to know one, the guy that started the whole Trans Design Program, his name was Struther McMinn. Right, of course. Very distinguished... He used to write. Gentleman. He used to appear as a writer in various publications, as I recall. Drove a Jaguar XK120. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With skirts on the back. He's one of those sort of affected guys who would uh, wear an ascot and a, and a scarf, well, that kind of thing. I got a good excuse for that. Yeah. He was in World War Two. Yeah. Stationed in England. Yeah, yeah. And he was even in something like the OSS or whatever it was called before it had a name. Right. There was another another guy in that. Um, that um, uh, was doing um, 
Uh, David E. Davis did affected that kind of look too. Oh, yeah, L- L- and L. J. K. Setright. Right. We're we're dating ourselves in terms of. Uh, oh yeah, we have the our classic, idols in the automotive yeah. journalistic world. Right. I noticed but it, you didn't mention me. But. Well, you 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 don't do that particular look. You oh, do okay. uh, I, the I'm the guy to... in the ice cream suit uh, with the high water pants. Yeah. So that's that's your People look. Come up and want to order a creamsicle, right? And they found one. So anyway, let's um, let's uh, talk about the Art Center show celebrating their design. So they had a lot of designers there and a lot of examples uh, of their designs. Yeah, I would say about um, at least seventy or eighty percent of the cars there were were an example of good design, and either the original designer was there, or or if the owner was there because the original designer died a long time ago the owner of the car could give you chapter and verse on for instance the avante owner you could ask about raymond lowey and uh, basically the beauty of this show is is that i find it really a rare experience because it's kind of like a film festival where famous directors bring their famous films and you watch them then you go out in the lobby and talk to them about why did you do this scene this way? And same thing here. You could say, well, why did you have the the hole in the hood for the carburetor to come through? Couldn't you have covered that up? And they say, no, no, we want it. When you press on the gas, we want the engine to move. And then I see. You feel you're in I see. control so, of a beast. Okay. All right. Uh, so so uh, let's start off with like your most memorable experience at the... Uh, at the uh, the uh, event last weekend uh, at the Art Pete Center, Pete Brock is. Uh, he used to live in Riverside. He's uh, was a young man when he went to work for Carroll Shelby at age nineteen as a uh, race car instructor at Riverside International Raceway, and then uh, Shelby started to build the Cobra. So he said, "Oh, let's make T-shirts," and then. Shelby made the Cobra Roadster, and then he said, "You know that car'd go faster if you made a coupe." So then Shelby said, okay, go ahead and try it. So then they made a coupe, and all the professionals at the shop said, that car's nothing, that's a joke. Then they took it out to the racetrack, went 183 miles an hour, and so everybody shut up. Yeah. And so he became a young, world-known designer at age of 20-something, and then he went on to design many other cars, but he never really worked for a big automaker. I mean, it's kind of, it would be too embarrassing a question to ask, like, well, Pete, now that you're above 80, wouldn't it be nice to get that pension from working at GM or Ford? But he always went his own way, coming up with his own designs. And he was there showing a De Tomaso race car called the P70, a mid-engine car. And that was a radical, beautiful design. Did he do that? He did that. Yeah, but he was robbed of the publicity at the time because De Tomaso and Shelby, who were funding it together, had a fight and then uh, De Tomaso took over the car and introduced it as a De Tomaso car. So here 50 years later it's finally being rolled out and you see what a beautiful racing car it was. Uh, um, so Pete Brock uh, I, I was in Big Bear one time and there was a parade there was a Shelby event in Big Bear and there was a parade down Big Bear Boulevard uh, of Shelby cars and it was led by the um, Shelby Daytona and I was looking at this. I was going, "That thing looks incredible! It was a, it's a stunning design, and it's just really a timeless design." Do you agree with me? I mean, it's the cars of Pete Brocker that I know that that's the one that is the the home run. 
Is that right? Uh, no. Uh, no Who, I, which one is better than that? No, I think that car he showed is is better. The De Tomaso. Yeah. Oh, and, I'll have to and look also at that. he did another weird one on a Hino chassis. It's a little known Japanese company, a mid-engine car called the Samurai, and that's beautiful. And I didn't get a chance to ask him if he's found it yet, because the trouble is, he'd build these prototypes and then he'd have to sell them to go on to his next business venture, and then it would languish in somebody's garage for twenty or thirty years. And every once in a while, he's instrumental in resurrecting one of his old treasures. So. That's when it got away from. What was the De Tomaso uh, P70? Mm, okay, so definitely. So basically, to... I what the the scene that sticks in my mind. It, it's interesting you ask it that way, but there's one minute that sticks in my mind. It was when Freeman Thomas, a well-known Ford designer who also did when he was a Volkswagen, he did the new Beetle and he did the Audi TT for Audi. So he's like a, a genius. He went up and congratulated Pete Brock for being his uh, inspiration all these years. So that was great. To, it's like Michelangelo going over to congratulate Da Vinci. I don't know if they lived at the same time, but that kind of thing. Well, I'm gonna. I've just compared the two, and I think I'm still with the Shelby uh, Daytona. I think the Shelby Daytona looks better it as well. It's far superior. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, this is a this is so classic, and that and the P seventy has a giant wing yeah. on it. And, and he was driving so. this Cobra Daytona that is his own creation later. And like weren't some, there only six of these made? Six originals. They're yeah. multi million dollar cars, but he was driving like a modern replica of it that he lengthened the wheelbase so it's more comfortable. So in a way, I think that's a real treat if you're a designer to drive around a car. I think the tri the triumph of this car of the Shelby Daytona and Pete Brock's design of it is that it tops or equals anything that made in Europe. So I, I think it's but it was a, short a masterpiece. Short-lived its time in the sun. Yeah, Ford I, I, pushed it off stage because they said, we have a mid-engine GT40. Get, get rid of that Incidentally, car. I just wanted to ask you something. So I was watching an episode of Jay Leno, who I think is stunningly unfunny, but actually has good taste in cars. Um, I, an episode of his show in which he was talking about the Pantera and said that the Pantera was basically the, the same chassis as the GT40. Yeah. To your knowledge, yeah. is that true? No. <laughs> Nothing's right about that. Okay, why, what's, what's, what's the uh, true well, the story? The GT40 was... Uh, uh, it had like box section rails, but it's, it's much more sophisticated design. Compartmentalized... And it, it's much stronger. You're, and you know the Pantera, and yeah. you know the GT40, yeah. and, and you I've know they're the different. Yeah, and i the Pantera on the racetrack uh, okay. shaking like a leaf. So it didn't have the rigidity. Yeah. Maybe he meant that they were conceptually similar. Yeah, yeah both mid-engine, both use the same transmission. ZF, five-speed in Germany. Yeah, I think he was talking about the platform as being very similar. Yeah, and close to identical. But, okay, you've corrected us on that. So... Um, uh, a lot of designers at the Art Center show. There is uh, um, a lot of examples of vehicles there. And there were also some spectacular moments, as I understand it. Was there not a moment when, uh, when uh, the new Tesla uh, Roadster that everybody's been talking about, thinking about, 
uh, wanting and sub sub three seconds zero to sixty that sub that two seconds two seconds okay thank you for the correction Shira that uh, uh, yeah, that, that showed arrived, that showed up that arrived in a flurry of young design students surrounded it and began taking pictures but I wasn't that impressed at first because they never took the top off so I didn't realize that was the roadster the same one that he put on top of a rocket that he that shot is into space actually not the same car. Is Wasn't it, it the no. Series 1? That was the Series 1 Tesla Roadster. So that was yeah. an actual convertible oh, okay. uh, that he let off. This is a Targa top. Oh, okay. So so anyhow, the uh, but it was beautiful in all the details. And, and I have to congratulate Tesla. Like, he's a little like our esteemed president. Like, if, if the bad publicity in this area, then Please. right away he comes up with something new. So he's had <laughs> bad publicity lately, Elon Musk. So instead he comes out with this and... And then right away the world says, "Oh well, he's still thriving. Look, he's got a new model." I don't follow. I don't. I don't agree at all. I do not compare those two in any way, shape, or form. One actually is credible. Oh, well, okay. (laughs) He parked about fifty feet away from the uh, the new Fisker, which is another art center grad who had a car. Only Fisker has the honor of having the car, the company named after him. And his car's called the E-Motion, acute use of the name letter E and then dash motion. Well, I I don't believe that Fisker has anything to do with the car that is named after him, right? He didn't, he's no longer an owner of the company. Well, that's the really confusing part. There's like two Fiskers and one of them's built right in Moreno Valley, the the Karma. That is uh, the original Fisker Karma that came out around almost a decade ago now. Purchased by a Chinese company. Right, and it has been renamed the, uh, the company has been renamed Karma, and they produce a car named the Rivero, which is not even an electric car. It's just a plug-in hybrid. Look at the clarity that comes out of Chirag. And so right. his, but this uh, new car, uh, I have to admit, it had a lot of gimmicks on it. Like one of them was gall wing doors in the back that swing up into the roof, and then you the know, front I, I don't know, flip open. I doors. don't know why you have diverted from the big star, which okay. is the Tesla, to talking about this uh, this thing that may, probably won't be produced. Uh, by uh, uh, Fisker, but uh, so your impression was not that positive. Actually, in looking at the photographs, I with the top up, I'm not that thrilled with it either. But I'm certainly thrilled with its uh, performance, capacity, uh, right, and the fact that it's that it's being built. And also, just to inter- we want to talk more about the uh, show, but just to intersect or interject a piece of irrelevant information here. Uh, the uh, Tesla company, uh, as uh, Bob Saber said, hell has, has uh, frozen over and Tesla is now profitable. What do you know about this, Chirag? Uh, they rarely, I mean, they rarely ever post a profit. They've been pro- posting losses, you know, for as long as I can remember. But this, for the first time, they've posted a, uh, I believe it was a quarter two profit. Okay. Uh, I believe, yeah. I believe uh, they just came out a quarter two, and they just posted a profit. Uh, I don't have the exact number of how much profit they made, but a lot of that could be attributed to the Model Three, which just had production hit 111,000. Uh, that's 111,000 basically for the year since they just started pr- uh, producing cars at the end of last year. Post quarterly so, profit, uh, uh, 312 million in Q3. Yes. So in the third quarter of 2018, they produced a 312 million dollar profit, which. Uh, is rare. We haven't we haven't seen Tesla post profits in a while, but it was kind of expected with Model Three production uh, going through the roof. Have they turned the corner then? I, I personally think so. Yes. Yeah, and they've announced production of a, a the Model Y. 
yeah. which is going to be built on the Model 3's platform. Gosh, I hope he doesn't put those stupid gull wing or those, uh, uh, what do they call well, those, uh, those Falcon Falcon, Falcon doors. Do- the Falcon doors, yeah. I, I don't think he will. Uh, I think he's kind of come to his senses. He's not developing uh, an individual platform for the Model for the Model Y. It's using the Model 3's platform. Similar to how I believe the Model X should have used the Model S's platform, but um, it didn't. So I don't think he's going to be uh, using much of the Model X's Falcon Wing doors here. So going back to Art Center show, Wally, was this the first debut of the Tesla, the new Tesla? Yeah, I don't think it was. I think I've seen, uh, new, uh, use the ancient word, mm-hmm. newsreels on TV months ago of it going down the road. But I think this is the first it's, chance the public at LA has had a chance to see it. And I even think that this car will, I think that this show, if they continue to have prototypes at each show, this could be the in place to show your new prototype. Just as Pebble Beach, they have this lawn I call the Green Car Lawn, mm-hmm. a Dream Car Lawn, out in front of the Del Monte Lodge. And automakers pay money. Nobody's ever told me the amount. But I'm predicting like 20000 to have their car parked there. It could be the Art Center show will be the place to show your new concept car. Plus, it's a good recruitment tool. You can bet that those students, all of them are going to graduate in the next couple of years. You know, here's their chance to go up to the head designer or the president of the company and say, "Hey, could I show you my portfolio?" Okay, mm-hmm. okay, but this was designed by um, um, Franz, Franz Holzhausen. So, yeah. uh, was he there? Was Franz Holzhausen the designer of the new Tesla? I didn't Tesla meet Road, him this time, Roadster. but I have met him before. So, who is he? Uh, he's an art center grad, American, uh, just a German name, and uh, he designed the Pontiac Solstice. So, uh, and they, the solstice is almost entirely following his design where it used to be Detroit, you design a car and then they, another person changes the nose, another person changes Guess the nose. Guess where Franz Holzhausen uh, learned how to be a designer? Art Center. How did you, did you know that or are you oh, just I guessing? Know that. Yeah, yeah. I've okay. met him at the same show before. So uh, the, he, he propelled himself up to be head designer of a car company much faster than any other Art Center grad, I think. He, I mean, it only he only spent two or three years working for other companies, and he's already chief designer. So uh, it's kind of scary. I think I don't he, know how many. He was he a designer for, for a Mazda, as well as Volkswagen. Okay. Before as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, his wife's a clothes designer. So Okay. Oh, That's important, together. I guess. So uh, other memorable uh, aspects of uh, – let's bring Rick in. Rick, Rick, you took a lot of photographs there. What, uh, what did you uh, think of as uh, memorable at the, at the Art Center show? Uh, the line of concept cars that were <clears> – <throat> the line of concept cars that was right in the middle of the venue was really nice. They had a Cadillac and – Chrysler and the are these recent or, or a history of? Uh, they're all a little history. I think uh, the Lexus is probably the newest one, but they were really nice. And in general, this is always a really nice show, a nice compact show. They don't they get them in close. They have a really nice courtyard at that school. The okay. Atlantic, by the way, the Chrysler Atlantic has had a great story. It looked like an old Bugatti from the pre. Oh, I period. I thought that was a great design. Isn't and, that from like 15 years ago or something? Yeah, about. But Bob Lutz was then the uh, Swiss-born uh, engineer, was the head of Chrysler at that time, and he drew on a napkin and said, here's a car 
we should show at Pebble Beach because it, it'll have an old car style. And so they built this thing real fast. They put two four-cylinder neon engines together to make a straight eight. And I was hoping they would produce this, but they did produce the, what's it called, the Plymouth Prowler? That was like a 32 Ford hot rod. With a I, I actually really liked the Plymouth, Plymouth Prowler. As do I. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunately, I think it has a, a smallish engine from a uh, subcompact Chrysler. It's either a four or a V6, but uh, the thing is, they couldn't have produced this too because then they would look like the retro car company. Like They already had the PT produce, Cruiser. Uh, ancient looking designs. But yeah. I think. I think it was great that Bob Lutz was a car enthusiast and able to... Who did the Atlantic? Uh, Bob Hubeck, H-U-B-B-A-C-H, a Detroit designer. Uh-huh. So that it went right from you know the drawing on the napkin to Bob to producing the car in a few months. Mm. So that was what I call a real pure design, not mm-hmm. messed with by anybody else. On any other uh, show cars that uh, never well, got produced? Right next were... to it was a Chrysler Kronos, which... I uh, had a lot of design elements I like, but uh, not that memorable overall. And it had a great interior with the wood on the dash looked this I thick, believe like this is the concept thick. for the Chrysler 300 sedan, the original one, correct? It sure looks uh, like it. Yeah, it definitely drew, draws a lot of insp- uh, inspiration. It, it, it this looks, looks like infinitely better. Gears. It looks like the dual Gears of the 50s. That was a production car made in Italy on a Chrysler. Yeah, Chassis. that's true. It looks better, though, don't you think? Than the 300? Uh, than the, even than the, the gears, than the dual gears. But look at the um, how amazing that the resemblance is between here's a gear on the yeah, that's right. computer that's yeah. 40 years old, right. and here's the Kronos, and they're very close. Right, exactly. So, you know, as you went from car to car, each car had a story, and each owner could tell you it, or you'd be lucky you'd be talking the original designer. Okay. Uh, all right. So, uh, d- 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 give me more of a flavor of it. Was it well attended? The uh, the uh, event. I would say. Well, yeah. No. At the about the middle around noon, there was uh, several hundred people there. The main problem that seems with going low, to that show several is you hundred. Have, you have to park uh, down in the Rose Bowl parking lot and come up there in a the shuttle because at the mountaintop where they are, the parking lot isn't that big. Did they have any larger events in the theater to a panel uh, oh discussions? Oh, yeah, they had a speeches. Mm-hmm. Well, the, one of the panel discussions was Matt Stone, that used to be with Motor Trend Magazine, was sure. the MC, And he got a lot out of the uh, people comparing, styling uh, stories, you know, good old stories about people like Bill Mitchell and Harley Earl. And, uh, and then they had other presentations in this theater so basically, that's the problem when you're at that show. You're torn between, should I stay here and look at the cars, or should I go hear the speech? And I couldn't be both places, so I only heard one of the speeches. Okay, all right. Um, so, uh, in sum, you've been to a number of Art Center shows. How would you rate this one relative? I think, uh, I think it, look, it was, you might say, where well, they're patting themselves on the back, saying, look at all our our people have accomplished, but I think... They did so in a way that was still educational, not only for the students there, but for the public. So I would even vote for doing that theme every year. Every year it could mm. be Art Center's salute to world car design. Okay. I mean, I'll have to hear what they're going to propose for alternate themes, but I like this theme because uh, 
It's like I say, it's like going to a showing of Academy Award movies and getting to talk to directors afterwards. Okay, I wanted to uh, do a little postscript here because uh, you know this guy, Jerry Weigert, and you like to talk about him. Uh, and I expect to see him there because he's an art center grad. Okay, so tell me why, uh, what's going on with you. Tell, me, tell us okay, who I he is. I saw the vector approaching. So just... just he was the designer okay. of a car called the Vector yeah. that no one knows about, by the way. Okay, so well, you should say something. He was about a it. young uh, genius designer when I met him. You mean in genius in quotes? Yeah. Well, I say a genius okay. is when you can do it all yourself. All right. You know, you can uh, sw- put two pie <laughs> plates to swirl them on your hands at once while riding a bicycle. And that's about road, the know. size of the genius. Uh, yeah. And so he, uh, when I met him at the LA Auto Show way back in '72, he was showing this clay model, which I didn't realize wasn't a finished car because it was all painted. And this is the Vector. This is the American car that's going to beat Ferrari and Lamborghini and all that. I said, yeah, go for it. But then five years later, same thing. Maybe the car's a different color. Five years later, same thing. So it went on every year after year after year. I see him. And every time the car's a different color, maybe it's changed. The power plant, maybe he's going to have a rotary. Maybe he's going to have this big Chevy engine, whatever. And one time he took it to Germany to an auto show and some auto magazine said, I can't imitate my German accent. Oh, don't bother. Just to say it. Go ahead. <laughs> Come and see here. Okay. So anyway, to the racetrack. But he raced against a couple other cars for a second, and then his car caught fire. And what did they put in the magazine? Pictures of the Vector on fire. So Mm -hmm. that was a little bit of setback. But finally, after all those years, he finally met a high roller who was the son of a dictator from, I can't remember the country, some country near Malaysia. And the guy said... What? Brunei. No, no, it wasn't Brunei. I, I just wrote the story today, but I already forgot. But Good. it wasn't Brunei. But the thing is, uh, they invested the money and said, okay, we'll back it. But then the first thing they did when they had a board of directors meeting is fire all the employees, including Jerry. So then it was a battle. And they went on and, uh, and bought Lamborghini. Uh, it's hard to believe that the whole Lamborghini company sold for like $2 million. It's peanuts today, but they bought Lamborghini. Maserati then, sold for one dollar. Oh, okay. So they took they took the uh, vector design and put a Lamborghini engine and made seventeen of them. And before that, Jerry himself had managed in all those years to make only seventeen vectors. So it's weird that same number was reached twice. And then the dictator in, in this country that whose son owned this new company. Uh, who bankrolled his son, that he was kicked out of office, so then the money disappeared. And Jerry managed to get the name of the company back. So now we're all the way up to 2018, and he's still talking about every time you meet him, and I expected to meet him at the show and, and hear like, well, Jerry wins the next vector. Dreams yeah. die hard, and uh, and sometimes they're dead, and people don't think they're dead. But I still this think is the a car dream. looks contemporary. It still looks, it looks fresh. It looks heavy. It looks very heavy and unrefined with a big, flat windshield. So It's kind of wedge-shaped. You know those wooden things you put under doors to stop them from moving? Yeah. It looks cool, but that's about it. Okay. Let's talk about um, the Ford um, Mustang being shown as an electric car at the SEMA show. I don't have any of the details. Well, this dude does. Well, it was actually shown to dealers. They were showing a Mustang-inspired all-electric SUV, which apparently got a standing ovation. Um, Now there's even rumor that there might even be a four-door Mustang in the works. What? 
that some dealers were shown that. It, it's an unconfirmed rumor, but there is a rumor that some dealers that, were shown a four-door Mustang. So that reminds me of the BMW 6, which is a classic coupe becoming Correct. a four-door. Correct. So but Actually, I'm all for this because we talked before about the story I wrote recently about the Mustang station wagon that some copywriter at a big ad agency had built for himself in Italy. And the thing is... Uh, all these years have gone by since 65 when the Mustang came out, and they never had the nerve to actually produce a station wagon. I think they'd sell hundreds of thousands of them. And I think uh, if Mustang would sell us a four-door, why not? I mean, you know, I just, who's stopping I got to say something weird is going I on with, with a something is, is being, no, the, something weird is going on with the Ford company. So it's like we're getting rid of all of our sedans. Uh, all passenger cars except for the Mustang. And then it's like, well, we got the Mustang. What are we going to do with it? And it's like, why don't we turn it into four-door? And then why don't we turn it into a station wagon? And then, hey, why don't we have a Mustang SUV? I'll bet this are, is coming. Are you hinting at that this is a desperation? Uh, I would, I would why agree he, with why that. Why does it need you to be hinted at? Why, do why does it need to be hinted at? Just say it out loud. <laughs> I guess so. I, I do think it's Ford's desperation attempt that they've seen the negative press that's kind of surrounded um, the negative press and buzz that surrounded them killing off all their sedans kind of giving up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and looks like from from what, what articles point to is that they want to uh, take this Mustang a little more upmarket and have it compare with uh, the likes of the Audi A7 and the Porsche mm. Panamera, you know, put it, throw in the Mustang V8. That's probably what they're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last item, a Jeep pickup. Why is this significant, Wally? Because a lot of people... Uh, such as yourself, uh, own uh, cabins in the woods. I think yours is pretty accessible, but a lot of cabins you have to go down a dirt road and you want to carry stuff to your cabin like a refrigerator and things like that. And Jeeps have four-wheel drive, most of them. So the thing is, why not take something that people love, the Jeep, one of the best-selling vehicles in the United States, and take a form, the pickup truck that everybody loves, and put the two together, it's it's duck soup you know it's what do you think shrug i think it's a great idea they're going to make a ton of money off of a mustang pickup i uh, agree sorry, too Rainbow and i pickup. just don't know why they didn't do it previously Me so too. Actually, there was there was jeep pickups oh, way back. 30 years ago uh, even 30, year, 30 okay, years we're ago out of time out of time one. for wall squeeze for shrug debate this is clark price tuning again next time for more auto talk thanks to rick bartholomew